Hey, what's up? Hello, guys. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I am glad you're here. Happy Wednesday, April 14th. Back for a second podcast this week to kind of put a bow on the 2021 U.S. Olympic team trials. We have discussed the men's freestyle team. We have discussed the women's freestyle team. Today, we're going to touch on the Greco-Roman Olympic team, or at least the Olympic trials champs, since I know that there's two of these weights that have yet to officially qualify to compete in total. Tokyo. Um, So yeah, we are going to do the same thing we did on the last two podcasts, just kind of run through weight by weight, things that stuck out, um, interesting storylines, and then obviously talk about the trials champs, their stories, and kind of how we're feeling about them going into Tokyo. And also interviews with all six of the trials champs. Uh, Greco weights a little bit different, again, from freestyle, uh, both men's and women's. The weights are 60 kilos, 67, 77, 87, 97, and 125, or excuse me, 130 kilo. Um, is heavyweight. So your Olympians, if you don't know them already, at 60, Ildar Hafizov, 67, Alejandro Sancho, 77, Jesse Porter, 87, John Stefanowitz, 97, Giangelo Hancock, and 130, Adam Kuhn, uh, past world silver medalist, famous for Michigan. We're going to talk about all these guys and their stories, kind of what to expect from them uh, in Tokyo later this summer. So that's the plan today. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Let's cue up that intro music and we'll get rolling. I will see you on the other side. Thanks again. Episode 97, Greco-Roman U.S. Olympic team. Let's go. Hey guys, Cody here. Going to discuss the uh, the Greco-Roman Olympic wrestling team, or at least the Olympic trials champs, since only four of the six weights for Greco-Roman are currently qualified for Tokyo. A couple of the uh, champs from uh, a couple weeks ago in Fort Worth have a little bit of work to do later, um, less than a month now. They're going to go to Bul- go to Bulgaria in early May to try and qualify their weights for the Olympics. Fifteen of the total eighteen Olympic weights for the United States are qualified. All six in women's freestyle. All but uh, one, sixty-five kilo in men's freestyle, and then four of the six in Greco-Roman. The four that are qualified: uh, sixty kilo, sixty-seven, eighty-seven, and ninety-seven. So that's Ildar, uh, Alejandro Sancho. John Stefanowitz and Giangelo Hancock are all good to go. The other two that need to qualify, uh, 77 kilo Jesse Porter and 130 kilo Adam Kuhn. So yeah, we are, like I said at the top, we are going to break down just kind of the tournament and um, you know, the trials champs and, and kind of how we're feeling about this Greco team going into uh, Tokyo later this summer. Uh, Greco kind of, I always feel bad for Greco because like I love Greco. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of the style I was best at. And I just, I kind of had a unique perspective when it came to growing up in wrestling and, and appreciating Greco a little bit more. Um, you know, I grew up, uh, wrestling and competing with Ryan Mango, who, um, you know, as we'll talk about here, you know, he was in the Olympic trials finals. He's made world teams in the past, um, very successful wrestler at Stanford and, um, just tremendous, uh, Greco extraordinaire. Um, his older brother, Spencer coached our, you know, the Missouri national team at Fargo every year. Um, and then also not too far from, from where I grew up, Gary Mayab, who is huge in USA Greco, um, just an excellent, uh, technician when it comes to Greco Roman wrestling, you know, we, we got to learn from him every summer as well. So, um, I understand that I'm kind of, I'm kind of a unicorn when it comes to Greco-Roman wrestling. I just, I have a weird appreciation for it that not a lot of people do because I mean let's face it it's a little confusing. Um, you know it didn't help that you know as as you know when when wrestling was on the Olympic chopping block one of the reasons was just the constant overhaul of the rule changes and um, you know Greco-Roman it's still kind of difficult to maybe understand the rules. Um, you know, or maybe understand why the rules are outlined the way they are and with the way certain matches unfold. And, um, you know, the other thing about it too, is that it's just, it's, it's a very technique oriented type of style. And, and I think a lot of people associate, you know, headlocks and big throws and, um, high amplitude and things like that with Greco Roman. And, um, you know, probably half the time we just, we don't see a lot of that. It's very, it's a lot of push and shove. It's, you know, it's the original style of wrestling, right? So no legs involved, can't use them to defend, can't use them to attack. So it's a lot of, um, you know, tie ups, hand ties, underhooks, um, you know, who's forcing action. Can they get them to the boundary? Can they get to a front headlock? Can they get to, you know, where they can get on top and try and score some points a little bit? Um, so, you know, I, as, as a Greco fan, I totally understand the frustration with why that particular segment of the sport hasn't taken off. And so you hope, 
um, you know, if anybody's in my position, you know, who's a fan of Greco and really wants to see it thrive and succeed, you kind of hope that maybe this is the team that that elevates it to, you know, international success, which is something that has really eluded the Greco team for really a little bit more than a decade now. Um, and that's kind of frustrating to see because we see these guys domestically. You know, I mentioned Mango, you know, all these guys that, that won the Olympic trials, you know, Ildar, Porter, uh, D'Angelo Hancock, Adam Kuhn, like they've all had moments of brilliance and, and especially domestically. They're a lot of fun to watch when, you know, you go to the U.S. Open. Or, or the Olympic trials or just other Greco-Roman tournaments. And these guys are throwing each other around and it's really fun and it's really exciting. And they kind of ooh and ah the crowd. And, you know, then they go overseas and they just get their tails kicked. Um, you know, and that's 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 a deeper rooted Greco-Roman thing that we're not going to get into here. We're just going to focus on the Olympic trials here. But, may, you know, maybe, maybe that's another podcast later down the road. Um, so, yeah, just... I love Greco. I, I really want people to love it too, but I understand why people are maybe deterred from it a little bit, which is, you know, it's frustrating, but at the same time, I, I, I get it. I understand. Um, so, you know, this 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 show might be a little bit shorter than the men's and women's freestyle, and we, we kind of hit 90 minutes on both of those. Um, this one will be a little bit shorter um, just because I'd, I'd like to think that I can read the room a little bit when it comes to these things. Um, so, yeah, like I said at the top of the show, um, our, our Olympic trials champs, uh, Greco-Roman, 60 kilo Ildar Hafizov, uh, 67 kilo Alejandro Sancho, uh, 77 kilo Jesse Porter, 87 kilo John Stefanowitz, 97 kilo Giangelo Hancock, and then 130 Adam Big Adam Kuhn. Um, so yeah, we'll start at 60 kilograms where uh, Ildar Hafizov he was uh, he qualified the weight for the Olympics. Um, he is he was in the best of three championships. So he waited for the challenge tournament winner, and and that challenge tournament winner ended up being Ryan Mango, like I mentioned before. So Mango, um, hoping to join his brother as an Olympian. His brother Spencer was, I believe, a two-time Olympian in Greco-Roman wrestling. Um, not meant to be in the best of three finals here. Um, Ildar took it in straight matches. Um, he's pretty he's he's pretty technically sound, and, and he has a really neat story. We'll, we'll touch on that in in just a minute. But first match over Mango 7-0. Second match 8-0. Um, later came to find out that Ryan Mango dealing with some pretty pretty hefty injuries. But Ildar Hafizov, um, whether you're fully healthy or not, he was always going to be a tough out. Really cool story here from Ildar Hafizov. His, uh, back in 2014, his wife actually won the green card lottery. Um, so they actually, they're, they're natives of Uzbekistan. So he, he, that's where he started wrestling and believe he went to a few world championships, um, for Uzbekistan. And now he's headed to the Olympics to represent the United States, um, you know, he's got a he's got a little bit of a different uh, vibe about him when it comes to just kind of understanding the, the technical aspects of Greco-Roman wrestling. And um, you kind of see it in the way he wrestles, too. Right. I, I would have loved to have seen a, a full, fully healthy Ryan Mango wrestle Ildar. Um, I, th- I think that would have been a really, really fun series. But Ildar Fizov gets the job done um, at a weight that there was some excitement to this weight, I think, in the challenge tournament. Um, you know, you look at who Mango had to beat, um, beat Sam Jones, who um you know, Mac, uh, Sam Jones beat Max Nowry, who that's, I mean, that's a Greco-Roman name that we've been hearing forever on the top half of the bracket. Dalton Roberts and Taylor Lamont, those are both guys that have, that have been around for quite a while. Um, you know, Mango had to beat Travis Rice to get to the semis. Travis Rice won the last chance open. Um, then he had to beat Jones, and he had to beat uh, Leslie uh, Finefinger, um, who was the one seed. Mango did that 3-0. That advanced him to the best of three finals against Ildar. Um, but yeah, Hafizov got the job done. Um, just excellent. I'm very excited to kind of see him compete. Uh, for the USA in Tokyo, um, you know, I it's kind of hard to judge internationally, but just because the U.S. has been kind of on the lower end of the totem pole when it comes to Greco-Roman wrestling, but I'd like to think he's got a pretty fair shot at a medal, right? Especially if he wrestles the way he wrestled, um, you know, down in Fort Worth, and um, you know, just he's I, even before the Olympic trials, I believe, you know, 2019, I believe he made a world team, um, and I think that was his first under the U.S. flag as well. So very excited to see Ildar compete. He is our Olympian Greco-Roman 60 kilograms. We caught up with him afterwards. At as well, let's go to him now. Talk, tell me, talk about the match. Talk through it a little bit for me. Match went um, as I wanted. Like push hard, stay on feet, defend whatever is coming, and attack when I have a chance. So pretty the first match and uh, second match. The second match was a little um, uh, more faster, more faster pace from him. Uh, but uh, other than that, it was like pretty similar. They were pretty much the same match. Um, how is it when you go against um, someone you're close with and someone you train with and someone you know so well? It's always very hard because he's my training partner all the time. We're training together. Um, I very appreciate him um, for the good battle, 
for good performance during the yesterday competition. He did very good, uh, beat three matches. So um, we keep working, uh, keep working on it. He's a little injured. That's why he's, he was uh, struggling with his foot. So. Um, did, did you say anything to each other? I know you had a nice moment there at the end. Was there any words or just a, just a hug? So thanks, brother, like always. We're brothers no matter what. Like as soon as we walk out of the mat, we're brothers again. Like on a mat, yeah, you have to go hard. It's have to be one of us. So often. Did, did you think after the first match that you'd um, be able to do the same things in the second match? Or did you think you'd adjust to some things? I was planning on going hard. I was planning on going on the feet more. So this I did, like, I, I did, like, go hard, push it, go through, uh, try to score if I have a moment. So that's what I did. Well, congratulations. You're going to represent us well. We know that. Thank you very much. Thank I want to appreciate so my coaches, my wife, Please. kids. Like, if a couple words in Russian. Девчонки, люблю вас. Адина, Итель, Нелечка, папа ей домой, папа чемпион. Thank you very much. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. 67 kilograms, Alejandro Sancho, also a guy that was in the best of three finals already. Um, you know, he ends up taking the spot um, straight sets again. Um, again, real a lot of a lot of dominance, a lot of strong performances domestically from our Greco-Roman wrestlers. We're hoping that translates this year on the international stage. But Alejandro Sancho actually beats a previous Olympian in Ellis Coleman, uh, 2-0 and then 3-1. Ellis Coleman, the uh, he's famous for the flying squirrel. Um, Ellis Coleman actually he retired after this series um, after Sancho took the uh, the second match, three to one. Um, but yeah, very very talented. Um, you know, wait here for the United States uh, with Ellis Coleman. Alejandro Sancho ultimately wins the weight. Um, you look at some of the other guys at this weight that uh, Coleman had to navigate to beat. Um, you know, I think this weight, I think, had the had the story of the Greco tournament and maybe one of the one of the more fun stories of the entire U.S. Olympic team trials. Um, and that was Benji Peak. Um, Benji Peak. He actually uh, he qualified for the Olympic trials. Um, you know, through the last chance qualifier, right? And so he qualified. Um, 67 kilograms. Uh, he wrestles for the Sunkiss Kids. Um, so he he actually he finished second behind Lenny Merkin because um, you know Lenny Merkin just a, a seasoned vet, um, very talented guy. And so of course naturally they're going to pit these guys against each other in the first round. And Benji Peak comes out 9-0. Then he beats Jamel Johnson 8-0. Then he beats Raymond Bunker, who was a past world teamer, beats him 9-0 in the semifinals, drops it to Ellis Coleman 7-3. But then Peak comes back, wins the true second match to earn a spot on the national team over Xavier Johnson. Won that one 9-1. Um, he was energetic. He was exciting. He would run past kind of the media seating where we were all at and. Uh, just all sorts of jazzed up every single time. The crowd loved it. He signed autographs. It was it was absolutely tremendous to kind of watch him do his thing. Um, but yeah, Coleman ultimately came through the uh, the challenge bracket. Beat a uh, beat a uh, Alston Nutter, uh, who beat Peyton Omania. Um, kind of a, a matchup there between two junior world medalists there in the first round. So Coleman beat him. Ended up taking out Xavier Johnson and then Benji Peak to uh, meet Alejandro Sancho in the best of three finals. And Sancho took it cleanly, two matches to none. He is our guy at 67 kilograms. Again, very curious to kind of see how he does um, internationally as well. Olympics, obviously, the toughest test that that wrestling gets, right? Um, so very excited to see him compete. We got to chat with him afterwards. So let's go to that now, an interview with Alejandro Sancho, our Olympian at 67 kilograms. Alejandro. How's it going? It seems like three hours ago you won this thing. We finally oh, get to yeah. see you. <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been crazy. It's been, it's been yeah, been crazy well this is this is amazing my first mm -hmm. thing is um how much of an advantage was it for you to be able to um sit through yesterday and come today and 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 adjust to whoever you were going to be uh wrestling definitely it was it was a really big advantage for me i've never ever saw of a world championship olympic trials and i felt you know really good i cut my weight right beforehand and it was just a really easy transition. I felt so strong wrestling the finals. Um, and uh, was there anything um, in particular that uh, this particular opponent would have been different if it was someone else? Did you expect that it would be him? Or who, who, how were you going into that? Not really. I wrestled everybody in the U.S. And I know what everybody does. And 
you know, just just different, probably a different game plan if somebody else was in the finals. But, you know, everything worked out. Are you going right back to uh, Miami? No, I'm not. I'm going back to Colorado Springs. That's where I'm at training for the Army. So, right. Family yeah. and all still back in Miami, though. Yes. Yeah. Everybody, uh, my whole family lives in Miami. I'll probably make a trip uh, maybe in the up and coming weeks and take a little vacation, maybe. But it's back to back to the grind, back to the hard work. Good. Do you think um, that because the, not that the, the, that it's a good thing that we had COVID, obviously, but do you think that the Olympic trials being this year as opposed to last year helped you? Um, based on where I you were at that point, uh, I don't, I don't really know. I, I, I've been prepared since last year. I qualified the weight class. I've been training super hard, intense workouts. You know, everybody pushes me so hard in that room. And I feel like I was mentally, I've been there for the past year. It's just, just been a, a mental game up until now. And now you're ready for Tokyo. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Time to. We're really uh, excited that you're representing us. Um, I'm going to text you okay. um, tonight with my information. There's a reporter from Miami Herald who would like to speak with you. Uh, Sounds in the good. next couple of days, he's going to put a story together on you. Sounds good. Um, and we're clear. Listen, go home, get a, got some rest. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, next time I see you, you're going to be in Tokyo. Thank you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks so much, Bye. Alejandro. 77 kilograms. Jesse Porter. Uh, guys, this is a tremendous story. Jesse Porter wins this, wins this bracket, comes through the challenge tournament, wins the best of three finals. Um, he is the, the Olympic trials champ at 77 kilos. He's one of the two at, for Greco Roman that has to still go to Bulgaria and qualify the weight. Um, but Jesse Porter, this, this is pretty tremendous. So he, he comes through the challenge tournament, um, takes out Peyton Walsh, two matches to none to, to ultimately make the team. And this is even cooler as well. You guys ready for this? So Jesse Porter also qualified through the last chance qualifier, um, 77 kilograms. He was the one seed, just kind of was supposed to do what he was supposed to do, but he gets to the finals. He loses to Austin Morrow 10 to two, right? So that drops him to the true second match and where he's facing, uh, Britton Holmes, right? So you go through the first period here. Britton Holmes, with about a minute left in the first period, leads 5-0. to zero. Jesse Porter responds by going takedown, four-point throw, four-point throw, another takedown, another exposure, not even a takedown at that point, then a takedown in the second period, and that ultimately wins him the match 14-5 to five to earn his spot at the U.S. Olympic team trials. And all he does there, 6-0 over Corey Hope, 10-0 over Rayvon Perkins, who's another seasoned vet when it comes to U.S. Greco-Roman wrestling. He's made some world teams. Um, he's contended for Olympic teams and then he takes out Pat Smith of Minnesota Storm five to three there to get to the best of three finals against Peyton Walsh Peyton Walsh beats Ben Provisor who's a two-time Olympian takes out Jacob Fisher who uh who is the one seed Fisher beat Morrow uh, who won the last chance right so really interesting best of three finals here between Walsh and Porter and Porter ultimately takes it in straight matches Wins the first one, eight to one. Some high amplitude throws in that one. Uh, I believe it was in the second period, mostly, right? So he he Paul Peyton Walsh has a one zero lead going into the second period, thanks to a passive point. Then Jesse Porter goes for four two two, wins it eight to one in that second period. Then in the second match, this is really interesting, right? So told you about the comeback all the way in that true second match. Jesse Porter, thanks to a five point throw, leads seven zero after the first period, right? So then Peyton Walsh gets a passive point. Um, then he gets caution in two. Then Peyton Walsh hits a four-pointer, right? That Do the math. That ties it 7-7 seven, seven with about a minute left. Um, this is where it's kind of funny to kind of knock on Greco a little bit just with the rules and how it can be kind of confusing sometimes And because it's tied 7-7 seven, seven and there's clear cut and dry criteria, right? Neither guy really kind of knows who's winning. Um, it's 7-7. Seven, seven. I think Porter thought he had the lead. Um, Walsh thought he had the lead. Um, in reality, Porter had the lead because in his seven points, he had uh, one point for passive, a one point for step out, and a five-point throw, um, whereas Peyton Walsh only had one, two, and four. So the five-point throw gave Porter the lead on criteria. They rustle out the last minute. Not a lot of things happen. Porter thinks he, I think, uh, Porter, I think, thought he lost, but then they raised his hand. So let me backtrack a little bit. Porter, I think, thought he was losing. Walsh thought he was losing. So they're both trying to attack. Nothing happens. Porter ultimately gets his hand raised. That's the second match. He sweeps it. He wins. 
tremendous story, kind of funny, a little weird, and if you're a Greco-Roman fan like me, kind of frustrating that neither guy really kind of knew what the hell was going on. Um, but really awesome for Jesse Porter, who gave us a fantastic interview afterwards, just kind of talked about his journey, what the last year has been like. It's been a struggle for all of these senior level, elite level wrestlers, um, just not being able to train normally. Um, you know, he's talking about, you know, not even having a practice partner and doing a lot of these drills and, and stance in motion and, and working on positioning in his living room. Um, you know, and then here he does, all he does over the last couple of weeks here is, is win the true second match at rallying from a five Oh deficit to win the true second match at the last chance. And then he comes through the Olympic Trials Challenge Tournament and then ultimately sweeps the best of three finals to win the spot. Still has a job to do. Still has to go to Bulgaria and qualify the weight. He, I know we've mentioned that. We've kind of beat that down, and he mentioned that as well. Um, but excellent, excellent stuff uh, from Jesse Porter, our Olympic Trials champ at 77 kilograms, and he has an excellent interview as well. Let's go to that now. Hello. Jesse. <clears throat> yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close one there. <clears throat> so, so what happened there at the end? Uh, did you guys, you think both of you guys didn't, weren't sure who was ahead at seven, seven? Yeah, I wasn't really sure. I didn't know if I got a five. <clears throat> I thought I was down. <laughs> so I was, I was going hard. I thought I was down. He thought it was up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> did you think that they, that they did three and two on that play and then they, or they went five and zero. Remember when they stopped it? Is that what you thought? Yeah, um, honestly, that's something that I, I need to pay a little bit more attention to because <clears throat> if I get a five, you know, you get criteria, you have bigger points. So um, in the future, yeah, that's definitely one of my holes. I was talking about this last time. These tournaments are great, great for learning, great for technique because they bring out all your holes. It's another thing. Got to be more cognizant of that. But <clears throat> I see, I saw the score of seven to seven. I was like, I'm not chancing that. I need, I need to score, right? <clears throat> so that's what I saw. So. <clears throat> When's the last time um, you stood up with the referee and he raised your hand and you thought he was going to raise the other hand? Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while. You know, um, these matches, these closed matches don't happen that often. You know, um, you know, this is this, a uh, senior level. Um, and basically these guys are, are tough, you know, and, and sometimes you get those really close matches, you know, and, and it, like I said, it really brings out all of your weaknesses and like, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful that I get to have these tournaments before, you know, I go over to the, um, <clears throat> the qualifier so I can qualify this way. Um, so they, they, they put you as 10 seed coming into this thing. Do you think that anyone overlooked you? Um, I, I kind of expected that, you know, I didn't really have a good performance before. Um, but I, you know, I was sick last time and I had, <laughs> I had homework, so much homework. It was ridiculous. And so I had finals literally the week before I, I went to that tournament and I was just like, God, oh, why does it always have to line up like that? But, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, it just, the timing wasn't right for that and didn't have, a, I had a terrible performance there and they just seated me off of that. So now we're not really surprised how they seated me. I think we have a couple of uh, media questions. Uh, Mike, do you have something? Hey, Jesse, Mike McAdam from the Gazette. Um, it, what did you expect out of yourself coming into this tournament? Um, <laughs> I was trying to get this shirt in the, in the side. I made this shirt because um, as a joke, <laughs> Greco was born. I figured that I'd have some pretty high intense matches and then just throw this shirt back on just to kind of make a statement. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, go ahead and ask that question one more time. Yeah, just what did you expect out of yourself coming into the, and you, you kind of gave us a little background on the 10 seed and how that worked out and everything, but what what did you expect out of yourself coming into this tournament? Oh, I expected no less than a win, you know, because I, I was here for a very, very specific reason, and that is to kind of make a statement with Greco, have exciting matches, you know, excite the crowd, um, you know, be active, right? Be active and just fight, right? I feel like a lot of times, we, we kind of define exciting as just, you know, scoring and flashy moves, but sometimes, you know, I think really exciting is just a guy going out there and you know, he's giving it his all. He's trying the hardest he can. You know, it's something that he, 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 he trained for his entire life. He puts his heart and soul on the mat and that's our art. Right. And I want to give you this little antidote um, I had from a while ago. See, I just saw this, um, this girl, this is a new, new craze it's called NFT craze, but she just made right. $500,000 off of a piece of art, right? And that art probably took her a couple of weeks and she's very talented and I'm happy for her. But, you know, my art is made on the mat, 
right? That the mat is my canvas and, you know, my wrestling is my art. And this is one of the problems I feel all wrestling has is that I feel like society doesn't value our art. You know, there's no reason that we shouldn't get, be getting paid for what we're doing. And, and I feel like um, there's, there's just not enough value attached to it. And there's not enough wrestlers that are saying, you know what, I'm not okay with this and this needs to change, you know? And so I just wanted to make that statement real quick there. Gotcha. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mark, do you have something also? Hey, Jesse, Mark Singleace from the Albany Times Union. Uh, just one thing I want to be clear on. Now, do you go straight to Tokyo from here? Or do you still have to go to Bulgaria to qualify for? Uh, I still, Tokyo? I still gotta, yeah, I still gotta go to Bulgaria. And I'm totally ready for that. You know, I, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to get all of my holes, you know, and uh, weaknesses exploited here. And you know, right, I'm just writing notes. I'm gonna go back down, write, write it down, and become a like ten times better of a wrestler going over to Bulgaria. How did your training? If you could go into Shen and your training up here, how did that help lay the foundation for what you're doing now? Do you think? Yeah, so this is a really interesting story. Um, you know, when everything I, I, I trained out at Northern Michigan University, and when everything went down in March, um, it, it kind of you know shit hit the fan, and I had to leave. And I came back home, and uh, obviously I was a little nervous because you know I don't have the same resources at home. I didn't have any partners, and that was one of the biggest concerns. And you know I had to be resourceful, and I I basically made this uh, I call it COVID-proof training. Right. I mean, this little this little list of things that I did and it was working very well. You know, I went to U23s on, you know, the training regiment that I had won it handily. And then I came to this tournament, won this too, all off the same training regiment that I made at home. And here's the thing. I never had any partners at all, at all. Right. All I had was my coach and a dummy and maybe some ropes and, 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 a, and a bike. Right. And that's all I had, you know, and um I, I've been recently getting into mentoring and coaching, virtual mentoring and coaching, and I've been trying to pull people in and say, hey, you know, I have this COVID-proof training. Anybody can continue to get better at wrestling. They don't need partners. Um, you know, so that's kind of something I've been trying to promote lately. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Anything else, Mike? Mm -mm. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's Mike from the Gazette again, Jesse. Just just one quick extra one. So you, you have COVID-proof training, but what will you do between now and May to maintain your training? Will you just keep doing that, or will you have an opportunity to, to actually go against guys just to, to uh, uh, you know, work out and practice? Um, I, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I might have a couple opportunities. You know, now that USA Wrestling is backing me a little bit more, they're like, hey, you know, I want to take our number one guy here or, or there. So I, I might have a few uh, opportunities here and there. But, uh, you know, it's really just going to be bringing back what I learned here, right? All the mistakes I made in this tournament. Yeah, there's a ton. <laughs> Let me tell you, there's a ton, <laughs> right? So all the mistakes that I made in this tournament, I'm taking back, going to the drawing board, fixing them, you know, religiously working on my technique every single day, um, you know, in my, in my basement at home. That's really going to be, you know, what I see in my future working up to Bulgaria, um, analyzing my opponents, seeing what their attack, uh, attacks are, seeing what their weaknesses are, everybody in my weight class, you know, my coach, I believe in my coach, I believe in my team, you know, my dad is my coach and he's been there since I was a kid. Um, and I have a small team, it's just my family, right? But you don't need a large team in order to be a good wrestler. So, excellent stuff there from Jesse Porter. Also clarifying what was going on in that second match in the best of three. Uh, neither guy just really sure what was going on. Um, frustrating from you know as a Greco fan just because the rules are kind of confusing um, because you know the athletes on the match should probably know what the heck is going on, right? Um, but hey. Tremendous story. Easy guy to root for very clearly. Um, here's hoping he goes and gets the job done in Bulgaria and is able to get a shot in Tokyo later this summer. Bumping up to 87 kilograms where John Stefanowitz, All-Marine Wrestling Club, ultimately comes through and wins the spot. He takes out, uh, well, he comes through the, the challenge tournament first on Friday, and then he takes out Joe Rao, who was, uh, he was sitting in the best of three finals already, takes him out in two straight matches, 6-5 and 2-1, to one, to win this match and win this Olympic spot. That is a spot that is qualified. He will be going to Tokyo later this summer. Um, really kind of interesting final series here because I, I, so their first match was on mat four, which was right where I was sitting and, uh, they come out, uh, Joe Rao go, he takes top and he finds his way to a front headlock and 
um, he hits a four-point throw, and it was beautiful. It was well-executed. And then he he keeps a hold of it, and he looks like he's about to go for it again, and Ado and Greco is a tech fall. So he gets what I think is the second four-pointer. He wins the first match, and we're moving on. Um, lots of dialogue between the official and Joe Rao here. Didn't like that Joe Rao, he didn't like the way he held a front headlock. It looked like he may have had his his wrist or his bone across Stefanowitz's neck. That's something that his coaches sound like they were claiming for. But like from that moment forward, there was a lot of conversation between the ref and Joe Rao. And that's not something I th- I've ever seen, at least to the extent that they were doing it in this match. Um, I It was just, it was really bizarre. Um, and I thought it was two clean four-point throws, whatever, you move on. Um, that... Did not appear to be the case. Uh, they left the door open for Stefanowitz, who came back in the second period with 2-2-2 two, 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 um, to take a 6-4 lead. Uh, Joe Rao gets a uh, a point there late in the second period for passive, wins the match. Uh, or not, Joe, Joe doesn't win the match. Stefanowitz wins the match 6-5. to five, um, And then in the second match, um, ends up taking it 2-1 to one, thanks to a... Um, you know, he scored two in the first period. So that's that's how John Stefanowitz makes the team, um, at least in the best of three finals. Joe Rao ultimately retires afterwards. Um, but I'll tell you what, coming through the the challenge tournament, no cakewalk for, Jafon, or for John Stefanowitz. I cannot talk today, guys. I'm sorry. 9-3 over Barrett Stanhill um, in the first round, and 6-3 over Alan Vera in the semifinals. In the finals, he takes out Patrick Martinez one-to-one on passive points. I hate matches that end like that, but hey, shout out to John Stefanowitz for doing what he had to do to get to the best of three finals. Um, excellent tournament from him. Um, you know, hey, I, like I said, I thought Joe Rao won that first match cleanly 8-0, but the refs didn't think that way, and they left the window open for John Stefanowitz, and he took advantage. And that is, that's all, hey, at, when you're an athlete, that's all you can do, right? All you can do is all you can do. And John Stefanowitz, all he did was make the Olympic team for U.S. Greco-Roman. He is headed to Tokyo. Here is what he had to say after his final series sweep on Saturday. Greco, 87 kilos, Olympian, John Stefanowicz. How are you doing? Doing great. Better question is, how are you? I don't know. Okay, let's try. <laughs> let's try and process that. Yeah. Right. Oh man. Uh, just trying to put all that work from so long ago in, into six minutes and and being stingy, not not giving not giving up anything that anybody deserved, and. It just feels so much bigger than it. It's still surreal right now, but it feels so much bigger seeing my my team and my family and my wife and my brothers and sisters in the in the stands and it's amazing. I I never thought I'd be here. I never in a million years thought I'd wake up one day and say I'm, I'm an Olympian. How does it feel to say it yourself? You are an Olympian. <laughs> can't stop. I, can't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that does the uh, does the smile have an expiration date on it? Because absolutely not. Uh, then it probably won't ever, probably won't ever happen. It feels awesome. What were your keys to winning tonight? And <laughs> you know, to come all the way through the challenge bracket too. Yeah, that was that was the hard part. <laughs> that was another hard part. Was the challenge bracket. Um, you know, like Coach Lakitas is, you know, hands down. I would I would you know go to court and say that he is the best coach in America um, in any style. You know, he takes athletes, he takes regular Marines like me and turns them into athletes. You know, nobody here is, was a Greco champion growing up that's on, on our team. And I, I mean, Fargo or States or throw anything at, at it that you want. But, you know, he's truly developed a team of world-class and Olympic-class athletes and Marine athletes. Um, you know, I I try to tell people, you know, he's, he's the puppeteer. I'm just the puppet, you know, on the stage. So I'm just doing my job. After everything that's happened this last year with, with COVID and everything getting pushed back, does this feel just a little bit sweeter? It feels, yeah, it does. You know that, and everyone knows I'm, I'm a, it feels a lot. It feels, it does feel sweeter, but you know, um, I'm in a world weight where I'm not an Olympic weight. And so, you know, moving up, uh, and the 87 keys and COVID and, you know, injuries and timeouts and all these roadblocks that we've had and, you know, the duties of the Marine Corps and the calls that we've had to make. Uh, it was, it, as it kept going on, it kept feeling like it was going to get farther and farther away. 
um, and, and out of grasp. And, you know, there was a lot of doubts at some point, but, you know, my coach, my team, even when I had doubts, they would, you know, be reassuring my family, my wife would tell me that I had it all under control, even when I didn't think I did. We're going to go ahead and open it up. Questions, let the media members in attendance know that if you do have one, please raise your hand and we'll get you taken care of. Kyle Klingman, Track Wrestling. John, you should feel elated because your story is ridiculously amazing. You 125 pounder in high school, you found Greco-Roman late. Your brother Chance Marsteller was the, the big name coming out and here you are an Olympian. When you think about that journey, how did you get here? How did you make this happen? You know, it's it just adversity and, you know, having enough grit to get through it that I, you can't really tell how you feel. You know, I've been dealing with this and since I was a kid. So, you know, being able to, to fight through that, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things, the more something breaks down, as long as you keep getting back up, it's going to make you stronger. And, you know, to this point, I feel unstoppable. Kyle, follow up. How did you make these exponential gains? Because logically you shouldn't be in this point, but you just, you've grown by leaps and bounds. How did that happen? Um, well, I'd say, you know, saying a big F you against anybody that says logically something shouldn't happen. And you know, I'm the, the one person that would, you know, go to fight with you and say complete opposite of that. So, you know, a, a good story isn't written from, you know, expectations from the past. It's, it's about something that's been created to mold for the future. So, you know, I, I don't really care what the past was or what anybody else thinks it's what I'm doing today and, and who's going to be the best. Want to give you a chance if there's anything that you want to think or anything that you want to say, the floor is yours. No, I mean, I, I said in, in the interview earlier, this is much bigger than myself. And I truly feel that's been the great power, you know, the power of God, the power of family, power, you know, country, power core. Once I've realized, you know, a couple of years ago that every time I step out on the mat and I wear USA on the back, that means something greater than just myself and my last name. And once you realize that as an athlete and you understand that as a coach and what to instill in your athletes, everyone will grow exponentially. Your goals and expectations for the Olympics. Be an Olympic champion. Guy's a straight shooter. Here's hoping he can get it done. 97 kilograms, Giangelo Hancock, another guy that was already in the best of three finals, and he sweeps it to make the Olympic team uh Straight sets over Braxton Amos, which let's talk about Braxton Amos, right? Um, this was a really cool story coming in to the Olympic team trials. Braxton Amos, actually, he qualified. So he's going to Wisconsin, took a gap year, didn't wrestle this year for Wisconsin. Um, but he he qualified for the U.S. Olympic team trials at the last chance qualifier in both styles. Like the dude went like eight and one over the course of the two-day event and qualified in both Greco and freestyle. So he's in the bracket in both. And in Greco, he finds his way to the finals, a first-period first pin over Eric um, Tui um, in the first round. Then he beats Lucas Sheridan, who, I mean, that's a guy that's been in Final X. He's been on the national team. He came back to make the national team at 97 kilograms, and then Braxton Amos beat Nicholas Boykin 8-2. to That put him in the best of three finals just a year removed from high school. So we were talking about that, you know, earlier in the week, we were talking about the youth movement and women's freestyle. Um, here's a little bit of a splash here from Braxton Amos um, here in the Greco-Roman tournament. So excellent stuff from him. Um, did not end up, I think he wrestled one match in freestyle, he ended up losing a call and more, um, and then he defaulted out. So um, because, yeah, you're probably going to focus on your Greco stuff when that's, you know, where you're literally two wins away from making the Olympic team. Um, unfortunate case for Braxton Amos, he ran into perhaps the best Greco talent we have here in the United States, at least domestically, right? Giangelo Hancock, this is a guy that consistently travels overseas because he wants to find the best competition. He wants to kind of be that guy for USA Greco. Um, you know, he has notched wins over the best guys in the world. Um, when it comes to the world championships, just hasn't been able to put it all together. Um, but here he is now probably our, our, one of our best bets. I know I mentioned Ildar earlier, um, but you know, Ildar, uh, Jangelo Hancock. And I, you know, I know Adam Kuhn has a world silver. We'll touch on him in a minute. He has a previous world silver, but he still has to qualify the weight. Um, and then he, you know, in the, in the 2019 world champion, not his best performance, but you know when you're looking at kind of USA Greco's best shots to win uh, an Olympic medal in Greco-Roman, you're probably looking at Ildar and you're probably looking at Giangelo Hancock. So 
Um, you know, tremendous run from Braxton Amos just to get to the best of three finals, but then Hancock wins both of those handily, 8-0, 8-0, had a couple of four-point throws mixed in there, some really tight gut wrenches. It was just kind of a workmanlike performance from Giangelo Hancock. Um, very excited to see him go overseas and see what he can do this year. Um, and here is what he had to say. He kept it pretty brief as well. Here's what he had to say after the uh, U.S. Olympic team trials, after he won it last week. Congratulations. Thank you very much. What was it like sitting through the day yesterday and then preparing for today, watching maybe everything you saw yesterday with everyone trying to challenge you? Uh, you know, it was different for sure. I wasn't watching too much of the tournament, but I was definitely keeping myself updated because, uh, as you know, you know, as a professional athlete, you got to, you know, you got to scout. You got to know who you're going to have. You got to have a game plan for those athletes. And so we were ready for any outcome. And I can't say we predicted today's outcome uh, as much, but uh, we we're ready in preparation preparation was there entirely now you probably go into it thinking it's going to be one of a group and then it's Braxton who, who wrestled so well yesterday right was that um was preparation for him different than it might have been for somebody else so actually about about last year before this uh you know the entire pandemic had happened I, I was training in the same room as Braxton and you know we were working on things we were sharpening his skills because he's, he's actually a pretty newer Greco wrestler and so to see him, you know, make this this outcome is just it's amazing. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing short of that. So uh, I'm super proud of Braxton. He's, you know, a great competitor. And I'm happy he made it this far. Absolutely. Today, do you just think that your experience and your skill was just was just a little too much for, for his level? Um, you know, I, I, I train, you know, I prepare as best I can every single day. We're simulating guys like Braxton. We're simulating guys like Archie Alexanian. We're simulating, we're simulating guys like Evloyev. You know, we're, we're practicing to be everybody. We don't practice for, you know, any specific guys or no specific, you know, very specific scenarios. We're, we're practicing to be the best wrestler in the world. So, Always love hearing from Giangelo Hancock. Finally, final Greco weight, 130 kilograms. Adam Kuhn comes through not just the challenge tournament, but he sweeps the best of three finals over Colton Schultz to win the spot and head to the Olympic Games or at least earn a spot on the Olympic team. He still has to qualify that weight, so he'll be in Bulgaria um, here in less than a month to try and qualify that weight. Kind of a weird um, circumstance considering Adam Kuhn in, in 2018 made a run to the world championship match, uh, ended up taking silver. Um, but Greco-Roman World Championship match for Adam Kuhn at 130 kilograms. So if anybody can get it done, it's absolutely that guy. Um, you know, kind of a top-heavy Greco field at 130 kilograms. Adam Kuhn, he was the one seed, uh, tech fall, and then first period pin um, in order to get to the championship match. And Colton Schultz from Arizona State, recent NCAA All-American, um, age-level world champ in Greco-Roman, age-level world medalist in Greco-Roman, kind of billed as the future of U.S. Greco. Um, he gets through uh, with a 3-0 and a 4-3 win to get to the finals. Um, you know, and this was a rematch of the 2019 Final X that Adam Kuhn ended up winning in straight sets, and they were pretty dominant. Um, that first match between them on Saturday at the U.S. Olympic Team Trials, very reminiscent of that uh, Final X experience. Kuhn ended up taking this one uh, 10-1. He got on top. He's got a really mean gut wrench, guys, and that, that'll usually bode well when you're uh, when you're a pretty talented tall and muscular heavyweight like like Adam Kuhn is but I'll tell you what Second match, it was a lot closer. Colton Schultz made some adjustments. Um, as long as they stay on their feet, Colton Schultz gives himself a tremendous opportunity, and that's kind of what happened here, right? So he he scored a point off of a passive, was able to to score a turn against Adam Kuhn. He took a 3-1 lead into the second period, but then Kuhn scores a minute into the second period, 3-3. He has the lead on criteria because he scored last, um, and then that kind of held up as the winner. They hand-fought and kind of pummeled their way through that second period, those final two minutes, and and Adam Kuhn is the guy that gets it done, um, takes it in straight sets, uh, straight matches. He will he will head to Bulgaria, like we said, um, to try and qualify the weight for the Olympics. He had a pretty funny moment afterwards, too. There were, you know, these guys, the winners, uh, the guys and gals that would win the Olympic trials, they would go talk to NBC, um, and then they would talk with Shane Sparks. And the, the Shane Sparks interview was broadcasted over Dickey's Arena PA, and it was showed on the video board. And, um, you know, they were talking to Adam Kuhn and, I'm sure you guys are, are, you know, a lot of you guys who are, you know, Iowa wrestling fans or Big Ten wrestling fans will remember the the Big Ten championships when uh, Spencer Lee is wrestling Dylan Raggison and you know, I, Terry Brands is shouting from the corner and, you know, you don't like tough wrestling. You don't like tough wrestling. I'm, I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Adam Kuhn takes a moment during his interview with Shane Sparks to, uh, um, you know, Shane Sparks has asked him about Michigan and Cliff Keen and all this and that and, 
Um, Adam, Adam Kuhn, he's a smart guy, man. He's, he's pretty smart. He, he's really funny as well. Um, you know, he kind of leans in and goes, Oh yeah, we like, we love tough wrestling in Michigan. And that guy, I, I thought that was pretty funny. I'm sure there were other people in the crowd that, um, you know, those that heard it thought it was pretty entertaining as well, but, um, you know, Hey, um, Adam Kuhn back, back on a, on a world and Olympic team. He's, he's kind of been the rep at 130 for us, um, for Greco Roman for the last few years. And, and now he'll get his shot to not only qualify for the Olympic games, but then potentially to go and compete in Tokyo later this summer. So let's hear from Adam Kuhn, our Olympic trials champ at 130 kilos. Uh, first, congratulations. Thank you. Terrific job. Uh, and go, go get it, you know, for us in, uh, in Sofia. Definitely. Um, tell, t- walk me a little bit through, um, your thoughts and your feelings as, uh, as you're finishing off that match. Uh, obviously I wanted us four more points. That's just, you know, how I was raised, how I train. Um, so just kind of cutting it close with a three, three match. Um, not, I wouldn't say disappointed, but you know, I wanted to put more points up, wanted to put on a show, but that just kind of goes to show you how tough of a wrestler Colton is, um, you know, getting tacked in the first, first match and then coming back and, uh, beating me for a good portion of that match. So, um, had a great opponent and I hope, uh, we put on a great show for the fans. And we had a, uh, a comment or a question about um, the heavyweights in the Michigan room. How much do you guys take pride in together and how well um, you know, Mason did in freestyle and, and just that whole room? Oh, we have a lot of pride um, in how we compete. We got, you know, I would argue one of the toughest, you know, heavyweight rooms in the country. You know, Mason Paris, Yusuf Amita, um, those guys just beat the snot out of each other as well as me. Um, we all find ways to train, you know, uh, Obviously, Mason had a long folk style season. Hamida uh, wrestles freestyle, and I wrestled Greco. So we we find unique ways to train each other. And I also got a shout out to Blake, another heavyweight on the team. He did uh, amazing work just prepping me for uh, the tournament coming up. Uh, he came in, uh, had no idea what Greco was, and um, got his butt handed to him quite a few times. But he always came back and gave me such a a great look and a hard hand fight that. Um, you know, I gotta, I gotta get my hats off to him. He got me prepped, ready to go. Um, as well as Hamida and Mason, they both, um, both put in a lot of effort to make sure I was ready to go. And I try to do the same for them. Awesome. And Bill, you have some questions as well. Yeah, Adam, uh, congratulations. Uh, just, uh, what, what's your buildup for this been like, and has it, has it been normal for a big tournament or have been fewer competitions to, to get ready for it? I've, uh, I put in a lot more work than uh, most tournaments uh, just because this is just, this is step one, making the team. Uh, I'm one of the three weight classes in, that USA has not qualified yet. So I have, I have another step that I got to go. So um, I'm happy to have won this match, but at the same time, I got more work to do and I'm going to be increasing the workload again to make sure that I can represent the United States the best possible. Just uh, the, the match today, um, how, how did how did it go for you? Um, you? You said you you'd like to have scored more points. Um, uh, you know, young young guy, probably remind you about a, a little bit of yourself four years ago. Yeah, a little bit. Um, uh, I I would say he put up a much better showing than than I did four years ago. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm happy with the way I wrestled. Um, there's improvements that need to be made, uh, and I got a short time to do it. So um, celebrate tonight. But then you know it's. You know, celebrating Easter, celebrating the uh, the rising of Jesus Christ, and then day after that, it's it's back to work. Going into this, you knew you had the you had to take that that extra step that maybe some of the other weight classes uh, didn't have to do. What was kind of the mindset and preparation, knowing that you have two steps to make versus one? I just putting in hard training. I wanted to make sure that I was. Uh, the best, the best athlete that steps on the mat, uh, the best form of myself uh, when I go out and compete and had my eyes set on today and kind of knowing that, you know, I'm going to have to do more stuff. So while I'm training, it was the focus of, Hey, we got to, you know, we got to win the trials. We got to qualify the weight. And then we got to win the Olympics. That was always the thought process while training. And then while I'm getting ready for this tournament, all details after today are foggy. I have no plans other than just back to training. And I know I got to eventually, um, you know, qualify the weight class and win Olympic gold. 
but the details are completely foggy because I wanted to make sure that my entire mindset leading up to this tournament was this tournament itself. Because when you, you know, you're going up the stairs and you're focused at the top of the stairs, you might stumble on the first couple steps. So might never reach that final step if I don't focus on this one. So um, as I said, there's going to be a lot of regrouping and making sure training is um, elevated again. And we got to start making plans again for getting this weight class qualified. And you, you've had success wrestling over there, you know, over in Europe and, and had world success. Uh, just kind of speak to the, the confidence you have going into a situation like that. I have confidence in my ability. I know I'm going to be ready and I'm going to do my absolute best to get this weight class qualified. Um, I've had, I've had success and I believe in my ability when I compete against the um, international competition and yeah, just more work that needs to be done and got to get after it and wrestle my style. That is our Greco-Roman Olympic Trials champs. Uh, four of those guys are already on the Olympic team. Two more, Jesse Porter and Adam Kuhn, headed to Bulgaria here in less than a month to try and qualify their weights so they can join the rest of them in Tokyo this summer. That is kind of the bow on the U.S. Olympic team trials, guys. We'll get back to some regular programming once I'm back in the saddle next week. Um, got some fun things planned for the, the freestyle and the Greco season, whether it's you know high school stuff or um, you know some senior level stuff, some junior level stuff, different age level things, and some stuff with Iowa USA wrestling. And um, you know we'll try and get some interviews lined up. We'll do some more, um, you know, freestyle podcasts. Get some thoughts. Um, do some recruiting stuff. Um, you know, this, that, and the next. You know, whether it's collegiate or high school, and uh, lots, lots of wrestling still yet to come this this spring and this summer. Freestyle and Greco season are going to be out in full force. Um, lots of events still coming up through through May with with Bulgaria, um, late April with the senior nationals coming through back to Coralville. Um, got some age level stuff throughout the spring and summer. Uh, Sixteen U duels, junior national duels, uh, Fargo, and then obviously the Olympics, um, and then even a World Championships uh, the month after that. So the Olympics are like July, August, and then there there is a senior level world championships um in september um so yeah wrestling never sleeps guys and, and now that uh, you know we're kind of closer to the end of this pandemic than the beginning it's it's going to be back to a 13 month calendar for us wrestling fans us diehards who really love this sport all year round so i hope you'll tune back in and and join the ride with me um it's going to be a lot of fun um, but this is the last show that we've got this week i'll be back again after some time off uh, through the rest of this week and this weekend um and we'll uh get back on the saddle and, and do some stuff so i mean if you got any suggestions about what you want to hear interviews maybe you guys think I should conduct give me a shout um, always down for suggestions kind of got I want to give you guys what you want to hear right that's kind of how this thing goes so um, but yeah that's all we've got today um, thanks a bunch for listening you guys um, appreciate you working with me through the the technical difficulties to get these shows out a little bit later than I wanted to but hey here we are um, appreciate y'all listening be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Stitcher Spotify Google iHeartRadio wherever you get your shows follow me on Twitter at Cody Goodwin Instagram Cody J Goodwin be sure to also subscribe to the Des Moines Register to catch all my stories mailbags analysis videos um like i said busy freestyle greco season coming up this spring and summer and i don't want you guys to miss a thing so you can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes that's all we've got today guys thanks a bunch for listening we will talk again soon